0: Well, good evening, friends, and welcome to Steadfast. I am glad to be with you tonight. We're doing this a little different tonight. I seem to have come down with chicken pox, so I'm recording this earlier in the day to take advantage of the fact that I'm feeling pretty well at the moment. And I was so excited to, to share this conclusion to our series. I hated to miss it. So we're going to do it just a little shorter, and we're doing it, like I said, not live. So let's go ahead and dig in. And as we do, let's come before our God and ask for his guidance and help in in understanding and unlocking his good and faithful word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness and your love. Thank you for being with us. Lord, as we think about the calling that you've given each of us, how you've called us to serve you and to proclaim your gospel around the world, Lord, would you help us to, to understand more clearly what that looks like in our lives and not to ever to value the calling that you've given us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was thinking about things we value. Probably all of us have treasured possessions, and we might intellectually know uh, you shouldn't treasure possessions, and yet we all have things that we like keeping nice. It it varies person by person. Maybe it's a china set. Maybe it's your car. Maybe one of the things I'm very protective of is my computer. I like to keep it nice and new looking as much as I possibly can. I remember in seminary, I had a special case for my laptop and I would had this computer for five or six years at the time. It was an older computer by most standards. And yet I'd have people come up to me and say, did Apple just release a new smaller computer model? Because the one I had was smaller than anything they were making at the time. and. People saw it, and it looked new, and they thought it was new. And it was just because I always wrapped it up very carefully and and tried to, to value it. It made me happy that it was still in good shape. Maybe, I would imagine, almost certainly, there's something that you like to keep nice. Why? Because it means something to you, because you value it. And as we turn to the last section of Psalm 3, one of the things that we find is that God calls us to value the calling that he's given us. I think sometimes we, we think, okay, maybe there's certain things in my life I value. I, I value certain possessions. We, we value our families and friends. We value things. But you look at your life and say, but what do you mean, Tim, that I should value my calling? I don't do anything special. I'm, I'm not a missionary in some far off land. I'm, I'm not working at a church. How, how can I see my calling as anything special? Do I really even have a calling? You know what we find in scripture and what we're going to see today is that all of us do. So let's go ahead and turn to Psalm 3. And as we do, we see in Psalm 3, verse 7, so picking up right where we were last week, David writes, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek, and you break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord, your blessing beyond your people. Now David does several things there, and in a sense it might seem like a rather bold prayer. David calls on those who oppose him to be struck, he calls the wicked to have their teeth broken. It sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? How does that work? Well, there's several things going on here, and the first thing I think we have to understand is what one commentator observed in this passage about David's calling as king. If David is being chased out of Jerusalem by his son Absalom, and it, it, he can no longer rule the country, the very thing that God has called him to do, then then to wish that his armies wouldn't triumph over the wicked, to to wish that he didn't return to the throne, would be to say that the thing that God had made very clear to him he was called to do didn't really matter. That he should just discard it. Maybe retire someplace in the countryside, someplace quiet. Maybe there'd be a foreign country that would enjoy having a fallen king of Israel there as sort of a publicity stunt. There's things he could have done. Certainly today, if if a country's falling, how often is it that we, we hear about some coup? And, and what does the, the former leader do, if at all possible? That person flees the country to save his or her own life. David couldn't do that. David couldn't do that because he knew that his calling, it wasn't just about his power. It wasn't just about that he liked being king. It wasn't that at all. It's that he knew that God had called him to that role, that, that his role wasn't about his own power, but about protecting God's people, something that his son clearly had no interest in doing. And so he was going to take that call seriously. He wasn't going to abdicate, not just from the throne, but from God's calling in his life. There was something terribly precious here. Far more precious than than the car we parked far away or the china we store in the cabinet for special occasions or or the computer we wrap up or whatever it might be, the golf clubs, whatever you have that you you treasure David knew the the thing that he had to treasure most was what God had called him to be. this was something that God had given him, and he wasn't going to miss out on it. David fights back because he's fighting not for himself. And if he was calling out these things, crush the wicked enemies out of uh, embarrassment to his ego, how could my son embarrass me so? People think I'm a mockery of myself now. This is so so humiliating. I, I just hope he suffers because he, he should see what I'm going through, which is often our knee-jerk response to when people mistreat us. In those cases, we need to go back to what we talked about last night. We need to go back to forgiveness certainly scripture calls us time and again to, to understand that we need to be people who are forgiving forgivers. But we also shouldn't see our call to be forgiving as a call to disregard what God has called us to do. And make no mistake, God calls all of us to do things. For example, if you looked at 1 Peter two nine, Peter refers to all believers as a royal priesthood. So David was called to be king, but we're also called to be in the royal line. How? Because through Jesus, we've been adopted into God's family. We are part of his royal family. And so we should take what he calls us to do, that that, that mantle that is upon each believer, very seriously. It matters. It matters to God. He's called each of us to bear witness to him, to encourage others in him, not to discard that. Just because we think, well, I really didn't have anything to contribute anyway. Because I can assure you of this, you do have something to contribute. All of us do. God hasn't given anyone zero gifts. God hasn't given anyone no significance to his kingdom. If you're not quite sure where you're called, then, then seek that in prayer. Read scripture and see where God's working on your heart be around believers at a good church and see how they encourage you in using your gifts. But don't ever assume that you don't have gifts. Just as David knew that he had this calling here, so do we. Now, we would rightly say that we don't have the the prophetic confirmation that David did. I, I can say with very clear certainty that that none of you have had the prophet Samuel come to you and say you're going to be the king of Israel. It's not going to happen. And so David had a, a special advantage that many of us don't. Most of us don't. All of us don't. We don't have that assurance because sometimes God is saying, okay, it's time to move on from this particular use of your calling. It's time to do something else you haven't actually been doing your calling. And so we have to be discerning as things come up to, to understand if we really are pursuing our calling. And that's something that David, he had that wonderful prophetic message over him, so he didn't have to go through any of that. But generally speaking, I don't think our real problem is we're not quite sure how to discern our calling. It's that we undervalue our calling. And so even as we go through the challenges of life, if the challenge is that you just don't think that what you're contributing is worth Fighting for, know that it is. God loves you, and and His call for you means something to Him. You can go online and take all kinds of genealogy tests and find out who you're related to. Maybe you'd go in and you, you'd send in the DNA sample to to Ancestry.com or or I think the other one's 23andMe, something like that. You send it in. I've not tried it, but you send it in, and and then there's ways you can tie that into to genealogy services and find out other people that that seem to match and maybe you do that and you discover hey i'm related to this celebrity this really important person this foreign leader i'm i'm related to somebody really important now imagine you do that and so then you you call up the the operator and say i don't have this person's phone number but i'm a 15th removed cousin uh, of this very important person i need to get a hold of that person and after the operator stops laughing, you you finally get the number of that person, and you call, and, and you get through somehow all their 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 people who are filtering calls. Somehow you actually get to the person. You say, "Cousin, I'm so glad to be talking to you. I, I'm I'm your fifteenth removed cousin. That that I mean we're we're family. I, I want to come out and see you, and we can hang out, and we can do things together. And if the person's in the movies, maybe you get me a role, and we can act together. It'll be wonderful. It'll be great." How do you think that'd go over? Well, more than likely the person would hang up or maybe they paused before, before they hung up and said, don't ever call again. And if you do, I'm getting a restraining order. We wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened. God's different. When we look at scripture, we, see spir- we have a spiritual genealogy through Jesus. And when we take that spiritual genealogy test that we have in scripture, we find I'm related to the king. What do we find? That king actually wants to be related to me. That king actually wants me in his life. And so when he calls me and he calls me, he wants me to go do something for him. He he cares about that thing he's calling me to do. He's not going to ever call for a restraining order against any of us because he loves us. Here's the other thing we need to know, though. And I I just mentioned he's the one that does the calling. We see that if we look once again in verse 8. Notice what David says. He says, salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us that that God is the one who brings salvation. God is the one who works the things in our lives. David didn't become king because he was so qualified on his own. And even if he were qualified, he had no reason to ever expect that he could be elevated to the throne. God did that. And likewise, whether our calling is to, to care for our neighbors next door, to, to serve doing any number of things in our church, to, to be a light for Jesus in our workplace, wherever it might be that we're called to serve, what do we find? God's the one that empowers us to do that too. And so we're called to a sense of humility. Again, just like last night, we realize that it's God doing the work, that we can't do it we realize that we need to have a humble attitude to it. And as much as it sort of sounds like David doesn't, we need to understand, and we see this throughout the Psalms, there are times that David speaks very boldly, not because he has confidence in himself, but because he has confidence in God. And that's where we're called to be too. Humble, but holding on with great strength to what God has given us because God has given it to us. Sometimes that possession that we, we value so much is a possession that... A friend or family member gave us. Maybe something that someone gave you shortly before they died. And so you you treasure that because that person gave that to you. And if, if someone that means so much to us gave us something, we, we want to treasure that. I have my grandpa's wedding ring and I keep it in my drawer safe because he means so much to me and I want that safe. I have other things from him and I treasure those because I want those safe. It means so much to me because he means so much to if we have the right mindset towards God, when we look at our calling, that's the thing he's given us. He's given us a purpose in life. He's given us life itself. Let us treasure that too, because what we're doing to serve God matters. What, what it might seem like to us is, is some insignificant calling it matters. We often rank how much value there is in the things at church. This job is more important. This job isn't more important. I have people say to me, well, you're the pastor. Pastors aren't given a more special calling than anyone else. We all are called with our unique gifts to do certain things. We, we shouldn't allow that to build ourselves up into a prideful state, but we also shouldn't discard what God's given us. And that's what my prayer is for you tonight, that as you look at how God's working in your life. As you look at the gifts that God's given you, that you would know that God has called you and he's called you to a purpose. And that God's the one who's going to enable that purpose and God's the one that's going to protect that purpose. We see that in in David's life here, that he, he doesn't go and say, and now I am going to go defend God against all the enemies of him. No, he calls God to bring the defense. And when we face tough times, when things get tough and and if you've been walking the Christian life for a while, you know when you're serving God, it's going to get tough at times. We, there that's an inevitable fact that that those things that oppose God, it's going to get hard. Don't think you can do it on your own. God's the one that protects his calling for us. So it's right to come before him and ask him to help us. Ask him to protect what He is doing in our lives. Doing it humbly, but doing it valuing that God is the one who calls us. I hope this encourages you tonight. And let me just pray for us that we would all better understand how God is calling us. Let's pray. Father, would you help us? Sometimes we struggle. We don't really know what we're doing that's making a difference for your kingdom in this world. And if anyone's feeling that tonight, Lord, I pray that you would help him or her to to have a better sense of how you're working for all of us, as we face challenges in fulfilling our calling, as we face uncertainties, as we face weariness, as we face all kinds of circumstances in life. Lord, would you help us to hold on to the calling you've given us, to value it, to, to understand what it truly is, that you have called us into your family, that you've given us this royal priesthood to be a part of and uh, to, to serve you. Lord, would you help us to understand how, how that plays out, that we are called to be a people serve you, who love you, and who show your love to this world. Help us to be those people in this world, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, certainly the thing that we know is that all of us are called to love God and to love our neighbor, and that that should play out in how we we understand how God's calling us. If what we're doing that we think we're called to is ever taking us away from loving God or loving our neighbor, then we know it isn't from God. But one thing that is from God is to, to share his encouragement. And, and so this week is a wonderful week to remind someone that they're called by God to, that they have a purpose that they've been gifted with. And may we be that encouragement and light in the world this week. One way you might do that is if you know someone who's struggling and trying to figure out, do I have a purpose in life? Maybe consider going through this psalm with them if you would be willing to to share this video, and I would be so grateful for that, certainly. Giving it a like or a share, it's not just something you do and has no impact. It truly makes a difference. More people see these videos going through God's word, and more people see the comments that you leave as well that help apply it to to your lives and to, to all of our lives. And so it really does make a difference so please consider doing that. We are wrapping up this series. This is the last in this series. Next week we're going to be going into the final part of a year-long adventure we've been doing in different parts through the book of Philippians. I'm so excited to look at Philippians 4. Philippians 4 is a really interesting section. It seems like primarily a series of greetings, and yet in it we see Paul tucking away different advice to the church, including how to deal with conflict, something very good for us to talk about, when there isn't ongoing conflict in the church so that we're better equipped to do it in a God-glorifying way and to, to seek to avoid it, and, and how we we function as those who show God's light. We we show God's love to each other as the body of Christ and to the world. So I hope you join me next week at 7 p.m. We'll hopefully be back to our normal live streaming time next week, and I hope you'll join me for that. Thank you for joining me tonight. This marks Steadfast number 150, and, and uh just been such a great adventure over these last 150 Monday nights to, to go through God's Word with you, and I, I hope for many more. If there's any way I can be praying for you and encourage you this week, feel free to shoot me an email at the email address on screen, or leave a comment in the comments below the video, and I, I would be glad to pray for you, and I know that others watching this would be glad to. Hope you have a wonderful and blessed week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week.